Welcome to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Each week, JMC will host one of the voiceover industry's most interesting personalities for a casual freestyle chat that encompasses more than just business, digging deep into the guest's backstory and pulling back the curtain on how they became the person they are today. I'm Graham Spicer for This Week in VO. The current sag after a strike is probably the most important event in the voiceover business in its history. Most voice actors see AI and synthetic voices as an existential threat to the business. So I asked Tim Friedlander, the president of the National Association of Voice Actors, to provide some context on the strike and why the outcome is vitally important to the voiceover community. Tim Friedlander, president of the National Association of Voice Actors, NAVA. So we've all heard about sag after being on strike. Who exactly are they striking against? That's a good question. I think probably better is to say what are they striking against, and they're striking against a very specific contract, which is the TV theatrical contract. And under that contract are certain companies that use that contract. So we aren't SAG-AFTRA is not striking against Netflix as a whole. They are striking against Netflix shows that use this certain contract. They're not striking against Disney as a whole. They're striking against Disney or that uses that TV theatrical contract. So there are still are very many options, especially for voice actors, to continue working on jobs that aren't struck. And the union encourages publicly to encourage people to keep working on those on those contracts. But it's it's more it's more about what and less about who. So um, I I understand that you don't speak on behalf of SAG-AFTRA, but you're more than just a casual bystander. You are somewhat in the loop. Hopefully you can provide some context then. What are the stakes? Like what are some of the main issues involved and why are they important to voice actors specifically? SAG-AFTRA put out a great, um, a great graphic last night that talks very specifically about the full range of things that, that they're in negotiations. Um, you know, one, one of the big things is that, you know, we are in a, an entirely new culture of entertainment with streaming services that didn't exist the last time we had these contracts and all of the, the way that, that actors sag after members get paid has not kept up with the profit and the, and what has been made from, uh, from these streaming services. So there's trying to find a balance in the, in the residuals of trying to find a balance in pay. There's trying to not even a balance, trying to find more equity in that so that, that it keeps even pace with inflation as it gets more expensive to live. We need to make sure that we're making enough money so that we can afford to live. The fact that, you know, I think eight, over 80% of sag after members do not qualify for health insurance, which means they don't make $26,750 approximately a year in union work, which means that you don't work enough to make under $30,000 a year. That there's not much, you know, where, where can you live on under $30,000 a year and still do your, do your craft. AI is, is a huge part of this and trying to get AI um, protections and regulations in there. There's some back and forth on what exactly was is being asked for as far as the AI, AI protections go. But it is that is of something that is a big concern to voice actors because it is very easy to clone our voice and to reproduce our voice and to create a synthesized version of our voice in, in a way that is different from artists, visual artists, that you can actually make a one-to-one clone of our voice that will sound like me, right? I can clone your voice off this conversation. You can clone mine off this, off this, off this call. And in, in five minutes from now, I actually had somebody in the studio as an example. I said, quick, I'm going to take what we just recorded. Time me. It took me one minute and 40 seconds to create a synthesized version of their voice. 
off of an audio file. It took me longer to find the audio file than it did to generate the synthesized voice. So it's those protections. Contracts aren't caught up to the current state of how entertainment works with AI, but also with, with this streaming culture and with so many different avenues of consuming entertainment. So both sides are obviously trying to rally support. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, as part of that process, that there's some hyperbole that's uh, been involved as well. And, and in fact, I saw a headline on Verve where mm -hmm. the suggestion was that the studios are trying to capture digital likenesses of actors and they're going to be allowed to use them forever in perpetuity on any production, which is not true. That's not what the studios have asked for. But on the other hand, the studios haven't exactly been playing fair either when it comes to communicating with the mainstream media. So as voice actors, we're obviously concerned about synthesized versions of our voices. How are we going to be affected by these negotiations? Like, you know, how is the protection of visual digital likenesses going to translate when it comes to voice actors? I think it's going to be less about these specific negotiations and more about what comes out of this in legal and legislation out of this on, on, on a global level. I think that this is just a very visible, the most visible aspect of this. But when you talk about voiceover, you know, what, 75 to 80 percent of, of voiceover work is non-union, meaning it's not covered under, under this contract. So if these contracts go through, voice actors who are not in the union are not going to have that protection. Now, we know that that those union contracts will trickle down and have some influence on on the non-union world. But in, until that happens, currently there's nothing in our contracts protecting protecting us against having our voices synthesized, digitized. Um, we, for the last, you know, what, for 25 years, we've been digitizing our and scanning our voices, right? Every time we record an MP3 or a wave and send it off to somebody, we're sending somebody a digital a, a high quality digital version of our voice that can be fed into any any AI engine they want to and create something. Now we have only seen um, in Nava we've seen two very specific instances of somebody having their voice stolen. We're we're working with to try and track that down. We don't know of this. And when I say stolen, I say stolen and used in a commercial um, aspect. So not just having somebody you know a fan clone somebody's voice and create a fan mod out of it, but actually used in an ad and use in another video game that's both of those that are being sold um, that we're trying to help the actor track down um, where those files came from originally. But th those are what we know of, right? How many of these do we not know of? How many, how many times, you know, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, like once a year, twice a year, someone's like, oh, hey, I just heard you. I heard you on a radio spot. And I'm like, nope, it wasn't me. Hey, I, oh, I, hey, I like that thing you're doing. I'm like, that's nope, not me. Sounds like me. So is it, it's probably not me, right? I, I, don't, I don't feel that I've had my voice stolen somewhere, but we wouldn't know if it was. And that's, that's probably the, the, the hardest part about all this is we just don't know if, if it has been stolen. I have to think in most cases that it's going to be easier for the producer, the advertiser, whoever it is that's pulling these ads together to just go get the real thing than to try and yeah. clone it you, you and... And make it yeah. make that work somehow. You would think, you know, one of the things is that there, since there is no real, no real clear chain of custody, you send your audio file off, you don't know where it goes. 
right? I mean, even for casting, it could go through 20 different people before it, before it comes back and goes, you know, finishes the casting process. Any one of those could have pulled it. They want to make a spot for free. It's if you use the software online, 11 labs is the most commonly talked about one, $5 a month. You can go on there and create a synthesized voice and it sounds legitimate. It sounds really good. In some of these situations, though, where a voice actor has had their voice stolen and hmm. is being used on another video game or in a commercial, conceivably, the producer could have the right Absolutely. to be using their voice in that circumstance because of Absolutely. whatever the voice actor signed at the time when they delivered the original files to who knows yes. to who knows who, who and who knows when. Yep, absolutely. Voice acting is work for hire, right? We get paid. We we sell our voice in exchange for money is what we do, right? If you want to make it just really the the down and down and dirty, we say words, we people give us money for that and now they can do whatever they want to with those words. Now, even even a year ago, the thought that somebody could take that and synthesize that and put it in an AI generator was probably beyond most people's scope of even knowing it existed. I know for myself, I didn't even a year ago, this was, oh, that's going to be amazing when it comes out in 10 years, right? And and so we're signing these contracts, but we are signing away the rights of that audio file to somebody to do with what they want to with that, which is where you have to have some protection in place. This is, you know, the, the, for one of the first things we did in Nava in January was put out our, our AI writer that at least allows something in writing to say, no, you cannot use my voice for this. It's very active consent. We worked with Rob Siglin-Paglia to put that writer together. Rob, who we know is a big advocate for the voiceover community to help give the voice actors some protection. And that that's a contract that can be put into a union contract if both sides agree to add it. So we've been getting it put into multiple, multiple contracts. We're starting now to see that come back to us from producers who are adopting it on their own to make voice actors feel confident about working with them. Because it goes both ways, right? You know, we want voice actors don't want to say, I'm sorry, you can't use anything. And, and producers don't want to don't want to feel that, that people are assuming they're stealing their voices. So we want to have security on, on both sides. And from the game company or producer, if somebody steals their voice that they paid for, that they own, that's going to that's gonna damage... Coca-Cola puts out a spot and somebody steals that voice from Coke. That's going to damage Coca-Cola. That's going to damage a video game company if all of these unauthorized voices are are out there in the community globally now, right? We are. It's a global industry. It's a global... The global internet, you can get anything you want to anywhere in the world. So it's it has far-reaching potential damage for a lot of people um, if it's not regulated some way or le has legal protection somewhere. As I understand it, that rider that you're talking about, you have mm -hmm. actually made available, obviously, to NAVA members, but it's yeah. also available to non-NAVA members, is it not? Is it just open it is, on yeah. your website? No, it's, it's open to anybody. Um, we've had uh, multiple agencies now are, are, are including it by default in their contracts when for talent. We've had production companies who picked it up. Um, we're um, working right now on commissioning a, um, a takedown request or a cease and desist letter for voice actors to download when they do find their voices somewhere. But short of just saying, will you please take it down? There's not much that we as voice actors can do legally, right? It, that becomes that's the IP holder, the copyright holder is the one who has the right to take that down. We can just request respectfully to have these companies remove our voices and and many of them are 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 doing that we've had you know some of these sites we've had multiple thousands of audio files removed from their sites by request but how can you know a voice actor it's a full-time job trying to find your voice 
on the internet, right? So, uh, but yeah, that AI writer is, is available for anybody to download. Anybody, it's free for anybody to use. It's on our, on our website at novavoices.org. Now, most of the mainstream media is concentrating on on-camera performers, mm. usually. So what exactly are voice actors not allowed to work on while the strike's ongoing? They are not allowed, not allowed to work on anything that is under the TV theatrical contract. Very simply. Now, the hard part is figuring out what exactly is under the TV theatrical contract. Um, but the majority of what voice actors do work on is is able. To, we're able to still continue to work. Probably one of the things that's going to be hit, that's hit the most, the hardest, is looping, ADR, and trailers. So those are the things that that you absolutely cannot work on. Those are under the the theatrical contract. But promos, if they're for a TV show, they're able to be done. But promos for a AMPTP company that is using that TV theatrical contract is not allowed to be worked on. It's 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 real. It's difficult because it is it is very hard. There are so many contracts, and this is part. This is one of the things that hopefully we're trying to to help remedy here is to simplify the number of contracts. There's so many. There's so much minutia and so many little fragmented contracts for certain parts and certain shows and certain ways things are done that it it, it deliberately is very confusing. It's hard to follow, right? But really, the best thing is, you know, most of what we work on, so commercials, video games, dubbing is still allowed to be work on audiobooks. You can still work on corporate educational. You can still work on basic cable. You can still work on new media animation, promos, podcasts, politicals. Those are all still possible for us to work on. Specifically, feature-length animated films, looping, ADR and voice matching for TV and film, trailers, and narration in feature film are all on the struck contract um, for voice actors. So I guess my question is, this is limited to just that one contract at this point. At what point is it? I mean, we have the same concerns with the commercial producers with when and how could this spread to other contracts? What we need to see now is some kind of precedent set. And I think this is obviously the biggest that we see, you know, feature films are gigantic, right? Hollywood. When you talk about Hollywood as an entity is feature films. If these protections get into here, now you have a precedent. You can look back to a contract and say, great, it's in this contract. We just want, we are requesting the same things be put into this new contract as well. You know, we're looking at legislation, looking at legal options. We're currently working us and along with Wovo, we're members of the United Voice Artists, which is um, 22 nation, 32 um, eight, um, association coalition of global voice acting in, um, associations that is working, very actively working to get voice protections in the EU AI Act. So that potentially, you know, the EU, as we know, the you know GDPR has, they have some of the strictest privacy rights in the world. Those trickle down to the rest of the world. So if the AI, the EU AI Act goes into place, with very specific protections for voice that can then trickle down to the rest of the world. It will trickle down into contracts. It'll trickle down into non-union contracts. It'll trickle down into work that we do around the world. As you know, voiceover is global, right? We're going to be, you know, I could be in, in, in LA talking to you in Canada with a director in New York and a game company in Sweden. So under which country am I protected? Under which laws am, am I as a voice actor protected? Under which laws are we signing this contract under which country and which association and which union are these contracts signed under? And, and if we as voice actors don't read our contracts, unfortunately we are the only ones we can blame for having signed away those things. Hopefully now, you know, we are more educated than we were two months ago, 
but there's still, you know, we don't know how to read contracts. <laughs> you really leave the legalese in the contract that's 47 pages long. It's tough, but we have to. We have to read our contracts, even union contracts. You have to understand what you're signing as a voice actor because many times we're finding that, yes, you did sign away the rights to your voice. No, you cannot contest that file to be taken down. Yes, that can be put into an AI engine and have a synthetic voice generated because you gave you signed away the rights to that. To all media in perpetuity for all technology now or forever to be known across the universe. So that's where we are. And and you have to look, you know, especially I think the danger, I'm just going to move into, into slightly into a little tangent, but I think the most people, the people who are most at risk of damage here are those who are trying to get into the industry. The, the new voice actors who are not going to have these avenues, who are going to sign a contract or not even sign a contract. They're going to do one job and that job will be the last job they ever do because now somebody has a clone of their voice and they can just do whatever they want to with it. So don't let your first job be your last job. You've got to look out. You've got to read these contracts and you have to have protections in place. Now, I know that NAVA goes out of its way to declare that you're union agnostic. Both mm-hmm. union actors are welcome in the organization, mm-hmm. as are non-union actors. How can mm-hmm. non-union actors get involved? How can non-union actors best support the efforts of SAG-AFTRA in, in this strike? That's great. So SAG-AFTRA publicly says everybody is welcome to the strike lines. You can come out the picket lines. You can you can be out there if you are a non-union actor. Everybody is welcome to support publicly this. The next step you can take is to be educated on what it is that that, that SAG-AFTRA is fighting for, so that you can one be aware of what you should look for in your contracts. Two, be aware if some of these jobs that were union are now trying to to go non-union and try and circumvent using these contracts. And also to help spread the word, because I, I'm a big proponent that I think the most powerful asset the union has are the people who are not yet in the union, the people who want to be in the union. Now, there, there are, there's a fair amount of people who are just you know in a right-to-work state or are just, you know what, I don't want to be in a union. That's completely fine. There are a lot of people who, who are now calling themselves pre-union because they're working to be actively in the union. They may, they may not be in the union. I want those people to be in the fold and feel that what the union is fighting for is gonna, going to affect them because it will. Everything that happens in the union is going to trickle down to those non-union contracts. You can put those in your contracts. The rates, you know, we've seen GVAA rate guide either being equal with or paying more than a lot of the union contracts, right? So, so to say that it's non-union and you're not going to make as much money. You don't get your pension and health. You don't get some of those, the residuals or protections that you would get under a union contract, but the rates aren't that far off. So if we can be aware of what's happening and also look for those protections, look for the, what rights you have as an actor and take those cues from the union and put those into your own personal contracts that you have. But I think this is, this is, this where we are currently now is, is beyond union and non-union this is this is artists this is entertainers this is creatives regardless of where you sit in the union non-union discussion because this is this is graphics artists this is animation artists this is everybody in the artistic creative community whether some of these these artists don't have unions at all so this transcends any of this union non-union phi corp pre-union right to work state this affects everybody and this hasn't always been the case. Some of these union strikes have definitely very much been great. It's, it's going to improve for the union actors, and it's not going to make a difference for anybody else. But we are, I believe, we are at a fairly massive change in 
I believe in global history and especially in, in the creative arts and the creative history that we have to, to continue this legacy of creation and, and influence of artistic emotion and, and experience that we can bring to the world that potentially is, is at risk right now for all artists. There is no doubt that we're at an inflection point. And I mean, I can't think of any change, any technological change that's happened well, since the beginning of voice acting that yeah. has the potential to impact the industry as much as AI. And we've seen yeah. some technological changes that have impacted our business, but this AI yeah. thing, I think, is a whole new level for sure. Absolutely. And, and it's something that, that I, you know, affects all creative, all artists equally. It's equally damaging and potentially be damaging to, to all artists across across the world one more technical question and that is auditions how are auditions impacted because of this um so same thing you can audition for anything that's not struck and you shouldn't audition for things that are struck okay um and that's just how you know that's that's real basic sag after on the sag after strike.org has some much more nuanced and specific information about this but anything that would fall under a tv theatrical contract you shouldn't audition for Hopefully, agents are going to be able to be kind of a first a first line of defense for voice actors. So hopefully, voice actors aren't getting things that that are struck. But voice actors should be aware of of what they can and can't audition for. But keep auditioning for everything else. Audition. Go out and book. Work. Go and work. Keep that money flowing into the P and H for SAG after. Keep that money flowing into yourself so that you can work your way into being in the union if that's something that you want to do down the line. Work your way, you know, towards those goals. This is not a global SAG after strike on all contracts against all employers. This is a very specific focused contract and focused strike against the TV theatrical contract. Where can voice actors go for more information? Um, SAGAfterStrike.org is their, is their website and then NavaVoices.org as well. We have a strike page on ours. We're trying to take the information from sag after and filter it into a VO-specific information we have a, a strike graphic which has this broken down for voice actors um, we have some graphics on there as well it's a nava support sag aftra and then you can also you can email us as well we have we get we're getting multiple emails a day asking us hey can i work on this what is this contract sag after itself has um has added to staff to be able to help answer these questions for you as well but for for vo specific stuff you can reach out to us at navavoices.org either myself tim at navavoices.org or if you go to the website um, there's a contact information um, there as well. This is going to have decades long impact on yes, absolutely. the voiceover community. And I, I really want to thank you for being such an important part of translating what's going on in the bigger SAG after a picture yeah. to us all as, as voice actors and, 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 and how it's, they it's specifically impact us. It's being heard. SAG after is, is hearing us you'll hear it here first um we haven't announced it yet um nava is um, hosting an ai from the performer's perspective at san diego comic-con on saturday um and uh duncan crabtree ireland who is the head of sag after will be joining us as a guest wow we'll talk about this on behalf of sag after to sit down with voice actors specifically in a public forum with questions to talk about how this specifically affects voice actors and i think that says a lot about who the new, you know, full disclosure, I'm a sag after member, I'm on the organizing committee, and I'm the president and founder of NAVA. 
but I am here for voice actors. And I think this says a lot that the new people who are in charge at SAG-AFTRA are aware of what's happening in voiceover. And it says a lot that they are sending that the executive director of SAG-AFTRA is going to join as a guest of NAVA and the voice acting community is going to join us for a discussion about AI and voiceover. And I think that says a lot about the change that has happened culturally around voiceover and the larger scope of the entertainment world. And it says a lot about who the people are who are currently running SAG-AFTRA and advocating for entertainers as a whole, which includes voice actors. Tim, again, thank you so much for the work that you're putting into this on behalf of the entire voiceover community. And I look forward to having you back again in two, three, four weeks when we can talk about how it all, how it all was settled. And (laughs) here's all the great initiatives that were put in place to protect our rights as, as voice actors. Hopefully, hopefully two weeks. Thanks a lot, Tim. For more information about NAVA and to access their SAG-AFTRA strike resources, go to navavoices.org. While there, please consider joining this important organization by clicking the Join NAVA button in the upper right corner. For This Week in VO, I'm Graham Spicer. You have been listening to This Week in VO. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues on social media. If you do, JMC might just send you a lobster. Now here's nobody trying to sell you anything, because that's just how we roll. Stay tuned for a new podcast most weeks throughout the year. 